team and David are really make this job to make sure that everyone feel connected and they are a little bit like our father, mother and father, like they are taking care of all of us. Like they are going from one point to another point to another point and like checking that everyone is feeling good and whatever you need, they're always here for you and always the first to try your food and say what they think about it. We are wrapping up our week with the Low Family Wine Co. on Tinja Farm in Mudgee. And our final episode, we are actually heading into the lovely town of Mudgee and chatting to Marek uh, Deleka, who is the head baker at Althea by Zin. Uh, I, I was lucky enough to go to Althea. It is such a cute little bakery. The Everything I tried there was delicious, gorgeous bread, uh, beautiful pastries, uh, viennoiserie, and Marek is the man who puts it all together. Welcome to Dirty Linen. Good morning. Good morning, Marek. Uh, tell us a bit about Althea and what you do there. So, so I am basically the head baker here, and I am with a wonderful team of uh, different people that uh, are doing a good job. Uh, basically, what I'm doing, I'm uh, supervising everything, all of the production, all of the ordering, all of the baking, uh, all of the order with the customer. Uh, I'm also trying to, um, to uh, update and uh, remake some uh, old recipe that we used to have in France and also some uh, characteristic uh, recipe that we can find uh, over here. Um, we also, uh, yeah, I'm very, I'm, sorry, I'm also very focused on uh, trying to use most of the natural product as possible. As you know, at, uh, at Law, we got our home garden and uh, we are trying to uh, use most of it. Uh, everything is organic, everything, we try to have most of it uh, from our own land. And uh, yeah, this is a, such a great opportunity like, to be able to literally explore new reasons about tasting uh, compared to other standard bakery. Like we can really like go go far and uh, yeah. What are some of the uh, things that you're using from the farm at the moment? Tell me, tell me how they make their way into the bakery. So at the moment, uh, I'm using a lot of green. So I'm using like silver beet, kale, parsley, fennel. Um, we are using also like we got our own beef and our own sheep from the from the farm, and uh, so we are making our sausage rolls with it, with all of the green at the moment. Uh, like example, this morning before to come to work, I had a stop at 3 a.m. to the garden, and I collect myself some uh, bucket with uh, silver beets and different type of cabbage. I'm also using some uh, uh, cauliflower leaf. And uh, most of the things that at the kitchen at the Zin house, they would maybe not use, like example, also like the carrot leaf and things like this. And uh, I'm making like a garden bread out of it. So all of this is getting cooked together with some sesame seed. And, uh, and then I'm putting it into our sourdough. Um, we also got our quiches, which are made with the products from our farm, with spinach, uh, different type of spinach and onion, uh, everything cooked. Uh, um well there's some our fruits too um like most of the fruit like we uh, as you tried the last time we have our own danish and uh, on the danish uh, we're having the fruit that they are coming from the farm some of them are fresh some of them have been processed last year and have been uh, soaked uh, to be preserved for a year um like pickle like a pickle process i would say um yeah uh yeah, that, that's pretty much it. 
Wow, it's amazing. And I love this image I have of you at 3am out in the garden picking silverbeet. Was it a a moonlit starry night or did you need to have your torch out there with you? No, actually, like tonight was great. Like this, uh, the sky was clear, the moon wasn't full, but yeah, like in a couple of days, the moon will be full. And so, no, like the vision was perfect. And you know, like there was also like the kangaroo at night and everything that they come to as they turn on low when it, no one is there. And uh, yeah, it was such a privilege to be there in a very quiet moment with like the kangaroo moving around and me taking myself a bit for the garden and like, oh, oh, there is a bit of that. Oh, yeah, we'll take that too. Uh, no. <laughs> That is a, quite a, a unique experience for a baker to have um, have this this resource and these other experiences. And Marek, uh, clearly you, you weren't born in Mudgee. Um, tell us uh, the differences that you've found with um, the, an, an Australian bakery that you're running there, Sourdough Bakery, and some of the bakeries that you worked at in France. Uh, all right, so... Um, if I if I compare with Althea, when I arrived here at first, like they were already having a, a very big French style, I would say. So like a lot of the product here was very similar to what I used to do. Uh, but something that I can definitely say that is that uh, I'm very um, uh, I'm very impressed and working with some nice products, like example uh, the almond croissant or ham and cheese croissant. This is not something common that we have in French. This is like typically Australian. Uh, which is very nice because, I mean, I'm sure if I go back in France and I show them that, like, yeah, they, they would be very surprised and everyone would love it. Also, the pie, like, in France, we used to make pie, but it's more family things. It's more like we make, like, big pie. We don't make, like, single pie for one person. And, uh, yeah, this is also something that here in Australia, uh, there is that is very nice. Um, yeah, I would say, like, yeah, in France, we used to have more uh, diversity of bread. Like, we are really like, going crazy on a different type of flour and things. And uh, and also, of course, here in Australia, it's happening too, but it is less common, I would say. I mean, the, what I saw until now. And, uh, and uh, yeah, but how about the croissant, most of the, what we call, like, the pain au chocolat? Uh, oh, the Danish. That, that, that's Danish. It's something that in France is not common at all. And I noticed that here in Australia, it's quite common to find Danishes. Uh, but in France, no, like we are not used to have fruit in our vineyardry. And uh, this is also like a, a great thing that uh, actually, if one day I go back to France, I would bring that back with me. Definitely. That's so interesting. And what about the humble sausage roll? Uh, I don't think you have those in France either. No, 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 I forgot this one. You're right. No, that's true. We don't, we do not have it. No, we do not have it. Uh, most of the savory in France, like it's, uh, I mean, most of the time in a traditional bakery, like it would be more like pizza or sandwiches. We do a lot of different type of sandwiches. Some of them very complex, very refined, uh, but something good. I mean, simple and very good has a sausage roll. That's also something that yeah, in France, I'm sure it will work very well. I mean, what about the customers um, and how they want their bread? Do you find much difference between Australian customers and French customers? Uh, yeah, definitely. Australian customers are amazing. <laughs> they are amazing. They are, I mean, French customer too. But yeah, in, in Australia, like people are very happy easily, I would say, compared to what we use in France. Like in France, like yeah, we, we like example, uh, we got like four type of baking. So you can have your baguette, example, you can have it white, gold, brown or black. While here in Australia, everyone like it pretty white or goldy. And uh, yeah, even if you got a bit of color, people like it. If there is less color, people like it. 
while in France, no, yeah, people we people we refuse the bread because it's not exactly at the right way that they want it to be baked. Uh, yeah, I, I get this a bit of French mentality, you know, like, uh, like they are very people are very precise about what they want. Uh, while here in Australia, I find it more. Yeah, more, I don't say that, more familial, I would have to say. I would have to say, you know, like people are, I can really feel that people are appreciating that you're a baker and uh, that you are doing something for them. And like, and you try to be close as possible of what they want. And uh, yeah, even if sometimes like, yeah, they're asking you something and uh, you're close to it, but you are not 100% on what they were expecting, people are very happy. Why in France? Uh, no, we can have an argue about it. <laughs> people will have an argue. <laughs> That's so interesting. And so someone comes in in France, they look at the baguette, they're like, no, I want it darker. What What would you do about that? Like, do you put it back in the oven? Uh, no. Uh, I mean, all depends. If the baguette is fresh and just coming out of the oven, yes, I will put it back. If the baguette already been baked like about an hour ago, no, I won't because then the baguette will become very brown. But then I will simply propose to the customer that next time that it comes, I will put another one a bit more brown on the side just for it. Wow, that is amazing customer service. But yeah, I, I can't imagine being so particular. I suppose, you know, there are some bakeries where I live in Melbourne where you know that they do bake their bread a bit darker um, somewhere, you know, they bake it a bit lighter. So I suppose perhaps people, um, yeah, have bakeries that they prefer for those reasons. But I guess in a town like Mudgee, um, you know, it's a pretty sizable town, but there, pro there probably aren't very many uh, bakeries baking the way that you do, I would imagine. No, no, no actually, no. Uh, we are three bakeries here, and uh, and uh, I know I don't really know about the third one, but I know that the second one, it's uh, more industrialized, I would say. You know, like there is a typical Australian bread, like... Um, um, like the, the toast bread, you know, like the square square shaped bread from the from the tin. Uh, they are doing a lot of this. About Saudo, uh, Saudo, really artisanal as we are doing here. No, actually, no, I think we are the only one. I know that there is another bakery that is doing it here in the Meiji. But uh, yeah, I never really have time yet to go to say, to tell them hello and uh, have a taste of their bread. So, Marek, tell us the story of how you ended up in Mudgee. It's not a, I wouldn't say there are French people on every street corner there. How did you, how did you find your way to, to Althea? So, I found my way to Althea through the son of uh, Kim Curie. Um, uh, I was actually never expecting like to come one day to Mudgee. And uh, it was about a year and a half. Yeah, one year and a half ago, I was working as a tree blender in Belfast, which is uh, one hour south from Mudgee. And uh, over there, I met uh, I met someone that told me, oh, I have a friend that is living next to Mudgee and is building a beautiful community, making permaculture and a lot of meditation. And uh, yeah, this person is looking like yeah for people uh, like mine to uh, like to uh, to join and uh, to join the adventure and uh, build up all of this together. So I've been there, and so I met Sam Sam Curie, and uh, and then we have this beautiful chat. We have this beautiful connection between each other about talking about permaculture and how we see like how we could make a world better, you know, just by trying to make people happy in any way that is possible. And he told me like, yeah, you should come. And I said, yeah, I would love to, but unfortunately I'm not Australian and I cannot stay here. Uh, this is the end of my visa and I'm about to come back in France in one year. He said, oh, well, what is your profession? I say, I'm a baker. And he told me, oh, yeah, my mom uh, got a bakery in Mudgee. And I say, really? Yeah, they're looking for a baker. 
oh, amazing. <laughs> and so everything just gets connected. And so uh, at this time, I wasn't able to start straight away. I had some other, other project. And I said, listen, if in one year when I come back, uh, you still have... Um, you still have a position available for me. I'm more than happy to join it. And then this is what happened. I came back one year after. They were looking for a baker. And uh, I guess, like say Kim, it was a manifestation. <laughs> and uh, and then, yeah, so now I'm here, very happy, uh, making uh, yeah, making the bread in Altea. And uh, I'm, very, I'm very happy and grateful of the trust that they put on me to... Uh, to manage uh, all of this and also like I'm having a wonderful time with Sam to his place and uh, like we are building up this community right now like we're actually working a lot on the garden so actually I'm having a bit half uh, life baker half life farmer when I come back home and uh, yeah this is amazing I'm very grateful for that. Wow, that's so lovely. And um, this idea of making people happy, making the world better, tell me more about that and how that drives you. Oh, uh, with simple things like at the moment we can see that people have a lot of a uh, lot of expectation like you know people want things want a lot of things and uh, most of the time when they want things they don't realize that they already have it and uh, yeah like with some like we have this uh, the same mentality of uh, trying to be happy with what we have have a simple life and have just yeah what is important is like is to be happy here right now in a present moment what happened yesterday happened yesterday what will happen tomorrow will happen tomorrow but what is important is what is happening now and uh, often you can see that the bakery that people are coming quite in a rush sometimes and like they got things to do or their head is very focused on the future or maybe on something that happened in the past and really try like that when they arrive at the bakery oh suddenly they are in the present moment and like they need to make a choice between a, uh, a choice uh, sorry a choice between a croissant a danish a pan chocolate or maybe a sourdough bread or maybe a sausage rolls maybe a quiches and then suddenly like they are just speaking about something that can make them happy at the moment and when they're eating it they are feeling relaxed having a nice coffee with it and after they are going back to uh, their routine but at least for a few minutes they have a break and they're in the present moment and try to be happy with what it's offered to them uh, just in front of them I love that. And do you feel like working as a baker is a particularly good way of staying in the moment and, um, yeah, of not thinking too much about the future and the past? Uh, that's a very interesting question. Actually, it does. It does because baker, it is actually quite contradictory because uh, actually when you're a baker, you always need to think about future. Like, the production that I'm making today is what I am expecting to sell tomorrow. Uh, all of the fermentation of the bread, it's minimum about 12 hours, sometimes up to 48 hours. So you always need like, to, to plan ahead, like you are not fully doing it at the moment. But then there is other part when you arrive in the morning and then you are in the present moment when then it's important to be very focused on the present moment when you're putting your bread into the oven and take it out at the right time to have the nice colors, the best development as possible and the best taste. So, yeah, yeah, I would say that there is a bit of the buff. Yeah, that's really interesting. And what about the way that you can communicate through the things that you make? Do you feel like you're transmitting something of your philosophy to customers that um, purchase what you do there? 
I'm trying to. Uh, I'm trying to by uh, showing that with simple recipe and like simple things from the garden. Like example, like I really like the concept of the garden bread because most of it is that things that people don't want who would like to have better. Like example, like you know they got the carrot and the carrot leaf. Now they don't want to use it. Like they they would like to have a bigger carrot and they don't think about the carrot leaf. And me, I'm taking all of those things and try to make it in a bread in a very simple way. And uh, and then like yeah, and share that with people. We actually like yeah, trying to reuse everything. Like yeah, trying. I would say in my way to show that with what we got around, we got enough. Mm, interesting. And Marek, I mean, you're in a really amazing part of the world in Mudgee, in that part of New South Wales. Obviously, uh, it's it's a busy life being a baker, and you work you work you know long hours and hours when other people are perhaps asleep sometimes. And you've got the permaculture project as well. But have you had time to explore the region and um, tell me tell me what you've found and enjoyed there? Actually, yes, I did have a little bit of time for it, and uh, I've been very surprised. I've been very surprised because before I used to spend a lot of time in North Queensland, and uh, so I used to spend a lot of time in a tropical area, and used to spend my time in a forest and climb coconut tree and make basket and eat fresh coconut and things like this. And when I came down to Mudgee, I was a little bit feeling that <clears throat> on the first look, it seems to be a large forest and very dry and very similar and but then uh, after a while i start to then hear from the locals like oh there is this place with this name and this name and this name and so i've been to those places and i've been very very surprised so surprised like the um, there is a place called the drip here or actually is a crack uh, that happened on in the earth and so like you got then that sort of cliff with a river at the at the base of it and so you can see that suddenly there is a total different ecosystem so even though on the top of the cliff you can still see the eucalyptus and a kind of dry uh dry style forest on the top underneath you almost get a rainforest there is also another place called the fern tree and wow this is just amazing this is like like a crack that been through the earth and this is totally another world, another forest with other animals and things. And it's a very small space, you know, like it's a work that we do in maybe one and a half hour to go from one point to the other point. And yeah, you're totally going through another world. And like, yeah, this is really amazing. There is also some beautiful high place. Like there is a place called Castle Rock that you need to make uh, a good two hours walk. And then when you arrive there, like you got this, this I don't know how to explain, but it looks like a rock that's been built up on each other and each other and each other and keep going. And actually, they are going over the canopy. So you can climb all of this. And when you are on arrive on the top, like you got this immense view on all of the forest and the wild all around. And suddenly, like, yeah, you're feeling so alone. And yeah, the only things you can see far in front of you is like beautiful trees, beautiful birds. Like you got, when you go there for the sunset, you can see a beautiful sunset and you also have a and you also have all of the birds that start to make different singing and things around and like yeah it's quite magic i'm very surprised like at first i really had the first impression of uh, mm, it seems uh, a bit bored i would say and then more and more i'm exploring and more i'm like oh no this is amazing just an hour south from Muji also there is a place called sopala which is a a beautiful place where suddenly it became mountain and you can go down to the uh, down to the mountain between two mountains and you got this beautiful river full of pine tree and there the climate is totally different again like yeah and actually i didn't visit all of them like i mean like uh, there is a lot of other places that people tell me about that i'm looking forward to go and uh, having a walk yet there 
I love it. And um, Marek, tell me about being part of the, the Tinger Farm, the Lowe family. Um, what's it like, almost like this ecosystem of different food and wine businesses? Oh, the, uh, this is amazing. Like, they are very, uh, very open-minded people, very wake-minded people. They are very conscious about, like, uh, the land, where they are. That's something that are very fun and interesting. And uh, also, like, about Madrid in general. But, yeah, like, this connection, this connection to the land. Um, like, at Lowe's, they want to reforest some uh, area for the koala to come back. They are planting a lot of native species that are from Madrid. Like, uh, they are... Um, trying to use some uh, native uh, uh, wine, uh, oh, sorry, vine, uh, vine grape. Um, and they are also using like a biodynamic concept. So like they are not uh, using any uh, chemical fertilizer. They are doing everything on their own. Uh, the garden is a, is a mix between permaculture, centropic culture and traditional gardening and things that everything just work together. Um, the way that they are with people too, they are very like open. We, we used to have like once a month, once every two months, like a gathering all together, just with all of the team of everyone, just to have a bit of time all together. to so don't be just in a work mode. Like everyone is very, uh, Kim, uh, Kim and David are really make this job to make sure that everyone feel connected. And they are a little bit like our father, mother and father, like they are taking care of all of us. Like they are going from one point to another point to another point and like checking that everyone is feeling good and whatever you need, they're always here for you and always the first to try your food and say what they think about it. And uh, yeah, that's very good. Very, very agreeable. Ah, that sounds really idyllic. Um, I was really um, thrilled to eat your bread in the restaurant, Zin, um, on the property. What's it, what's it like for you to know that your bread is making its way to those menus? Oh, I'm very happy. I'm grateful and uh, very happy when I feel that they like it and uh, make me feel very good when also like there is people coming to the bakery and saying, oh, yeah, we've been to the restaurant yesterday and uh, we tasted the bread and it was amazing. And now we are going back to Sydney and we want to take one bread with us or maybe two or maybe three. And so they are taking uh, all of this bread and they're coming back home and they are very happy. Uh, yeah. Oh, brilliant. Um, so, Marek, uh, it, yeah, so great to hear from you, learn a bit more about your philosophy um, and the way that you approach your work. Where do you, where do you see the future going for you? For you? Huh. I am in a present for the moment, I would say. <laughs> yes, that's right. I haven't learned enough from you to not ask that question. Very good answer. I love that. Um, well, thank you so much for chatting to us today. It's really wonderful. It's, as I'm chatting to you, I feel like I'm back in the bakery, smelling those beautiful smells and, and having those hard decisions of, of what to choose, what to eat next, but definitely in the present moment. So thank you so much for sharing with us today. My pleasure. Thank you for your invitation. This is Dirty Linen and I'm Danny Vallant. We air the issues that the hospitality industry finds hard to talk about, hearing from different people with unique perspectives. We want to hear from you as well. If you have something that needs to be said about a topic, get in touch so we can include your perspective. Contact us at dirtylinen at deepintheweeds.com.au or hit us up on Insta at Dirty Linen Podcast. We can't wait to hear from you.